Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 34 of the Kennedy Mile Report, brought to you by our great sponsor, Clio. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. And we're excited to have a guest host and a great topic for this episode. Our friend Allison Shields is a New York practice management and business development coach and consultant for lawyers. And welcome to the podcast, Allison. Thanks, Dennis. I'm very excited to be joining you both for the podcast today. Thanks, Allison. Allison is joining us today to talk about a topic near and dear to my heart and something that most lawyers I know could use a lot of help with, and that's personal productivity. We'll discuss some good strategies for making you more productive at work, as well as some of the technology tools that can help with that. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as the podcast is over. But on to our main topic, personal productivity. Yeah, Tom, this is a big topic for me, too. It's something I feel like I'm fighting the fight with every, every single day. And when I think about personal productivity for lawyers, Allison really is top of mind for me because she has a great blog and a newsletter called Lawyer Meltdown that has uh, lots of great information on the topic. So let me talk about one of my personal productivity issues to, to get us started. I think with all the multitasking we do and all the different ways that, that information comes to us, basically anywhere, anytime, it's, it's, it, I almost feel that technology makes us feel a little bit less productive instead of more productive like I, I think we had hoped. Allison, do you find that with the, the lawyers you work with or, or even for yourself these days? Absolutely. Um, both for the lawyers that I work with and for myself. I'm fighting it all the time, and I know they're fighting it all the time. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. The first one is that technology is just fun, and so it's easy to be distracted by it. But you mentioned multitasking, um, and for anybody who, who reads my stuff or listens to me talk about the issue, I don't think there's really any such thing as multitasking. 99% of the time you can't do it. And what ends up happening is the technology makes us feel that we can multitask and instead we're really switching back and forth between different things at the same time and we're really not getting much done. Um, I think the other problem is that the technology for the most part is easy, relatively cheap and accessible to everybody and it's causing information overload. So it's easy for us to, to be getting an information dump every day and we still have the same amount of time that we had 10 or 20 years ago. We're just trying to deal with more information in the same amount of time. And that creates a problem with interruptions and with setting priorities. Um, but I'm curious, Tom, are you finding that too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that my, my problem is, is that I, I like the new shiny, shiny of the each new technology tool that comes out. And, and I will use one technology tool to be productive this way. And then I'll move on to the next one and I'll move on to the next one. And before I know it, I'm, I'm so busy working with all these great tools that I haven't really gotten anything done. And I think that that's something that as much as we like technology on that podcast, we really have to be uh, uh, mindful of is that, 
thoughts is is that we have to be careful about the tools that we choose uh, for our productivity, and and I think that's something that we're going to cover today. Doesn't doesn't it have to do though a little bit, um, Allison, with the fact that uh, and and in terms of why lawyers are not productive, have to do with just the nature of the practice of law itself. That that the almighty billable hour uh, really, I I found that that lawyers in my field, e-discovery, uh, they don't they don't want to learn about e-discovery because they're too busy billing hours. And and I get the feeling that you could say that for a lot of things and productivity being one of them. What would you say to that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think the billable hour is a, is a huge obstacle for a lot of lawyers when you're talking about productivity, because if you think about productivity, for most of us, the definition of productivity is getting more done in less time. And automatically that's in conflict with the billable hour. So we may have to define productivity a different way or look at the desired outcome a different way. And the billable hour, I think, is an obstacle to creativity and innovation. There's no reason to learn about e-discovery or to do some of these other things because we're fighting so much against the clock and trying, trying to get the work done. So I'm not suggesting that lawyers are necessarily trying to cheat their clients or that they're doing anything wrong. It's just that because they have that clock hanging over them all the time, um, it's, it's, a, it's just an obstacle. You, you don't have the time even or the inclination to think about things in a different way. Um, Dennis, are you finding that at all? Well, you know, I haven't done a lot of billable hours for the last last few years. So, and and it's and it's nice, but I, I think there is that that sort of uh, a bit of perversity in the practice of law. I remember when I first did, you know, a document assembly application took a you know a multiple hour process down to about six minutes, and I said, "Oh my God, what have I really done to myself in terms of, of billable hours? Uh, have I really just put myself behind the eight ball?" And so I think there is that. Uh, when when you don't align the the economics of your practice to the productivity enhancements, I think there is this, this sort of weird disincentive. Um, but I, I still think that what we're what we're finding though is just more stuff is flowing to us. There's a sense I think with technology that it turns you into Superman in terms of you know productivity. With this technology, I should do be able to do even more and faster and all of that. And I I think that that really becomes one one piece of it. And I as the more I think about productivity, I really look at email as being maybe the villain in the piece. And I'm fond of saying that email is is sort of failing us in a lot of ways. But it it just seems that Email becomes this big inbox, this big intake, almost a sinkhole for us, uh, for us in terms of productivity, and and less of productivity when you break it down. Really, it seems like it's it's directed to email itself. I mean, I agree, I, but I think it's not because of email itself. I just think that it's because email is what people are most familiar with in terms of technology. So even the technophobe at this point in time is familiar with email um, and can shoot out an email. And I think people are not using email correctly. Email is not always the right tool for what they're trying to accomplish, but they may not either be familiar with the other tools that they could use technology-wise or care to learn about them. Um, you know, I, and I think the biggest problem when it comes to email is the whole idea of converting information into action. So, Tom, I don't know if you've got a, a comment along those lines or if you see email differently than I do. 
No, I do. I, I, you know, when Dennis asks whether it's a, a villain or is it a big part of the equation, I really think that it's both. I think it's a necessary evil, mostly because it's it's the main input for uh, for those action items. It's it's where you're getting most of your information during the day that you then should turn into action. So, in terms of being a communications tool, it really is a a big part. But what makes it the villain is, I think, I think two things. I think it's getting, uh, it's the volume. It's that the volume of email has increased so much over the years that we're getting so much more that we don't know what to do with it. But really, it's that lawyers and really people in general, but we're talking about lawyers, don't know how to deal with their email in an effective way. I know that for me personally, uh, and we'll talk about some techniques a little bit later, but for me personally, getting to an inbox zero or at least an inbox very small is a huge and a critical step in my personal productivity because, because that helps me know what needs to get done. I know that all the email is where it needs to be and that I've got my action items. We can talk a little bit more how later, but but that's I, that's why I think it's really a critical, critical tool. But, but I, as important as it is, I don't think that there's any one magic bullet for personal productivity. I think we're looking at a number of different components to that. Right, Allison? Absolutely. And I think that's in part because each person, and we're talking personal productivity, individual productivity, in addition to looking at a law firm as a whole. So, even within in a law firm or within a business, everybody's going to work differently. So, every person is different. There can't be one magic bullet because not everybody reacts the same way, even to exactly the same interface. And that's why I always tell my clients, I can't tell you the answer for a specific technology tool because you may react to it differently than somebody else. So, you have to see how you're individually solving it. But the problems for each person and each practice are different. So, I kind of look at technology in terms of of what the obstacles are. Where do you think you're losing the most time or the most productivity? What is the biggest headache for you? And then looking at sort of different categories of technology. And I know you guys, between the two of you, probably have a ton of examples of specific software or hardware for, for each of these items. But, you know, there's a number of, of categories. One of it, them, one of the biggest ones, I think, with technology is helping us to capture information no matter when or where that information arises. So, with all of these smartphones and things now, if we're not in the office, we may still be able to build time if we got some kind of software program that works on a mobile phone or a BlackBerry or, or so forth. Um, you may be able to, to take notes or messages or even email again when you're out of the office and you think of something and you need to delegate something to somebody, you can capture that in the moment. So, it's not a magic bullet, but that's one of the big, the big areas that I think is a good solution for personal productivity. And along with that, then I think you've got to have syncing or sharing of the information that's captured. You know, you want to be writing it down here and then still have it in your mind to try to remember to, to delegate it to somebody. Or if two people need to know the same thing, you need to make sure that there's a way to sync that information. And when I say people, I'm even using that loosely because for me, as, as a solo practitioner, for lack of a better term, since I'm the only one in my business, uh, my BlackBerry may know something, but my computer needs to know that. So, I've got to be able to sync that information so that it's captured and now it's shared in all of the places and to all of the people that 
I need to know it. Um, and there are a number of different categories too that we can go through as we go along. Um, Dennis, do you have any specific technology solution for personal productivity that you think is the be all and end all? Well, no, I, but I think that that's the danger that you, you fall into. And I think that your notion of categories is, is a really helpful one because I, I sort of think, you know, back from the days of the Palm Pilot to, to, you know, anything else, iPhone, whatever. Now you sort of feel like, Oh, I just get this technology and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have a hundred percent efficiency in all this productivity. And I, and I think that your, our expectations are, are way too great. And it does make sense to say, wait, what can can I get um, that will help me? And can I break it into these chunks? And in the same way you do any other task, I think, successfully, you say, how can I break it into chunks and, and manage these things and move things along? Same way, I think, if I don't look at technology as a magic bullet and I say, what can I actually uh you know, capture, uh, turn into action, that sort of thing, and how will that help me? I mean, I think the, the huge thing for me these days is turning input into action. How can I take an email and turn it into a task? How can I be sure that that gets done? And then the whole capture notion, which I'm always experimenting with different ways to do that. And this is an interesting point you made too, that there is this, this, uh, there are there are sometimes more than two or three of us individually, and I, and so one of the the tricks I think always in personal productivity and trying to do to do lists and that sort of thing is that it, often we get our work to dos separate from you know other projects we have from our home list of things to do, and typically. The technology doesn't carry across, you know, either because of policies at work or other things like that. So typically we have our different lives in different places. And I think that makes it, it hard to manage. Uh, sort of like the best place I was ever at on personal productivity is when I worked on my own because I could keep everything pretty much in one place. But a lot of it gets, gets broken up into different places. Don't you think, Tom? I, I do, and and I'm gonna. We we really haven't talked about anything specific today, but I'm gonna use this uh, just before we take our break to to talk about one specific thing because you mentioned to do lists, and and that is one big area of of my pro personal productivity sort of regimen every day. I'm I'm working in my email. I go through my inbox. I will do the the typical triage. I will deal with it. Uh, I will delete it if it can be deleted. I will deal with it if it can be dealt with in two minutes or less. And if it needs to be postponed, I'll star it or flag it or something and put it into a separate folder where I will look at it at the end of the day or the beginning of the next day. And then I transfer everything over to I'm using Remember the Milk as my to-do list. And it solves, I think, the issue that you're talking about, Dennis, because I can create multiple lists, but then I can combine those lists into one master list. Uh, it'll it'll feed from all of them, what, no matter, uh, depending on how I prioritize it. So I can create a list for my home chores or my to-dos. I can create a list for uh, all my cases, uh, all the projects that I happen to be working on, and then kind of combine those into one list as they are prioritized during the day. So it's just a matter, I think, of experimenting with the right tools. And you can get, I think, to the point where you are able to, to sync up those types of uh, uh, items and be more productive. Allison, before we uh, go to our next break, do you want to sort of give us a closing thought on this whole idea of productivity? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you just touched on it in what 
you were talking about with with the to-do list. And that was the idea of setting the priorities and figuring out where those priorities are and how then we can use the technology so that we don't get distracted by the less prioritized items. And this way we can turn those to-dos, whether they're emails or what have you, into that action. And it's only by setting the priority that we can actually get things done. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our amazing sponsor, Clio. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for our free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code KMR for a 25% discount. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with Legal Podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. We're back with our guest host, Allison Shields, and we wanted to continue our discussion with with Allison by having her answer one question we had in our mailbag this week. What are the best tips today for improving personal productivity using technology? And, And if I can ask it in my own personal way, Allison, what exactly do you use and what do you do? Well, I think the for me, the the best tip for using technology for personal productivity, I always tell people the best tool that you have is is your calendar. Because to me, that's the only way things really get done. So I can have a to-do list and I have things that I move to tasks or action items and I have a master project list and all of those things. But for me, if it's not on the calendar at some point, it's just not getting done, especially those things that don't have built-in deadlines. So my best technology tool is the calendar and the fact that my calendar... My mobile calendar syncs with my computer calendar, and then I can share that um, in whatever fashion I need to with other people. But it's really all about defining what the desired outcome is and and what you're trying to accomplish, which kind of gets back to the categories that I mentioned before. Um, You know, where are you losing the time? What is it that you want to get out of it? And one of the other categories I didn't mention before, or two of them, one is automating whatever repetitive processes you have. And that those kinds of technology tools are anything from document assembly. And even though I'm not doing legal work, I do use some document assembly, you know, even if it's a merge program, so that you're not repeating everything over and over. Things like password generators, like RoboForm, so that I don't have to try to remember all of the passwords and make up good passwords for myself, it does it for me. Um, and then the categorizing and searching type technology, because there is so much information. We're at information overload. And if I have to worry about where I put something, forget it, especially digitally. So if you've got those kinds of uh, programs that can help you search or you can use categories if you're using Outlook, 
desktop search programs like X1, document management programs, if, you, if you're in a firm. For me, those kinds of things are sort of the biggest gains that you can make with the, with the least investment of, of time and training. And then the last thing I'll say about that is I think training is one of the things that most people skip out on. They'll buy software or hardware and, and skimp on the training. And so they're not using it the most effective way. And then what happens is what Tom mentioned earlier is they end up with bright, shiny object syndrome. And they say, well, this tool doesn't really work for me and it has nothing to do with the tool. It's really how they're using it or the fact that they're not trained on it. So they'll jump to the next thing. Um, Tom, do you have any other thoughts or tips that you think that maybe I no, missed I think, out on? No, I think that you. I think that you hit it right. I think that uh, that the 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 most important thing is to be smart about the tools that you choose and to make sure that they're right sized for you. That they that they fit the way that you work. Uh, they can't they they can't impose a, a an incredibly new work. Uh, routine on you or you're not going to use them. And so make sure that they, they, they fit into your work style and that you really take the time, like you said, to learn how to use them. Because I can't tell you how many folks just give up on things because they really don't either understand them or aren't using all of the, uh, the features that are available to them. And that really applies not only to the technology that they're trying out, but some of the technology that they already have. And we, we really haven't talked about Outlook in this, in this, but there are so many features in Outlook that are underused or not used at all, that uh, if folks would just take some time to appreciate what's in there, they probably could enhance their productivity just by that lesson. Yeah, Tom, I, I think that you know, part of, to me, as I look at myself, I say, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how it is that I actually do things. And this is probably where I benefit from working with somebody like Allison to try to figure out how the heck I do things. But but I, then I try to say, how does the technology match the way I do things? Can I find a technology that sort of matches that or where I can kind of mold what I'm doing in an acceptable way to, to, to fit that technology? My big issue these days, though, is, is just volume. And so I have this working hypothesis that there's some number of projects, and I, my sense is it's around 40, that once you reach that point, it's basically impossible for any system to keep up with it, and you're just going to feel overwhelmed. And if you get up in the what I like to call the public defender realm, where you have hundreds or 150 projects, then you're just going to feel constantly overwhelmed. And and so what I've done recently, my mo most recent thing, and I keep thinking I'm going to put this up on my blog at some point, is I created this this grid or matrix that's sort of built on the, the David Allen getting things done system that to kind of help me sort out the different types of things I am and to not give me a big long to-do list, you know, because I think if you get 20, 25, 30 things on a daily to-do list, it's the same as having zero because it, it just paralyzes you. But to try to break that up and to put things into different categories. So I was kind of intrigued, Allison, because you talked about the calendar being the central piece of what you use. Are you putting to-dos onto the calendar? Or are you using calendar just for events and meetings? I put to-dos on the calendar, but to a limited extent. And I agree with you 100% with, 
once you get a certain number of items on the to-do list, you might as well have none. And, and it kind of gets back to the whole idea with the email that we were saying before when you were talking about volume. In the old days when we had hard copy mail and you had the physical, tangible reminder there, you knew you had to deal with it. That was one thing. But there's only so many things that you can see at once in your email inbox. And once they fall off, it's very easy to, to forget it. Same thing happens with the to-do list. So what I tell my clients is I use the what I call the power of three. So in addition to what's on the calendar, on any given day, what are the three main things that you want to focus on or get accomplished? And that if you walk away at, from your desk at the end of the day, those three things are accomplished, you'll feel that you had a productive day. And then I expand that out to a larger time period, whether you go by quarters or by six months or a year, what are the three main things that you want to accomplish in your practice or in your business during that year. And that may reduce down that matrix that you were talking about a little bit because under each thing, there's always going to be a million different tasks or pieces of those projects. But focusing on three seems to be a number for whatever reason as human beings, that's sort of easy for us to, to focus on. And so that's how I limit it. So I have some things on, on my calendar as scheduled appointments but they're to-dos. So I'll say between this time and that time, I'm going to write this article. Um, and then I, I sometimes I have to move them around, but that's how I use the calendar. And then I say, these three main things have to get done today, wherever they get fit in. So does that help you at all? Yeah, and I, I think that is. Tom, you want to take us out with a final thought? You know, I'll only reply to what Allison said is that is that I think that the rule of three is very valuable because I find what what I, I, I do is I wind up I need to have something printed in front of me. Actually, I'm, I go to the I go to paper when it comes to keeping track of what I need to do each day rather than look out uh, on Outlook because I I. I T tend to be that out of sight, out of mind person. And if I'm not working in Outlook and working on something else, I'll, I'll forget what I've got. So if I print it and put it in front of me on the desk, it gets done. And I find that the longer the list is, the harder it is to create, uh, to, to, to accomplish those, uh, those tasks. But I will say though, that, that what I've found very useful is I've sort of tiered my, my to-dos for the day and that I do it the same way that I deal with my inbox and that I'll have three or four things that need to get done that are going to take just a very short amount of time, paying bills or, or writing checks or uh, uh, um, doing, uh, you know, making appointments at the doctor or, or doing things like that, things that I know aren't going to take very long. And then I'll, you know, put those in throughout the day or maybe try to get those done at the beginning so that then I can focus on the three big things that need to get done. And I find that that works well for my, uh, for my regimen. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Tom and Allison. Now it's time for our parting shots. And we've talked Allison into participating with us today as well. And parting shots are that one tip website or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Allison, take it away. Well, I'm going to cheat. I actually have two. And Tom mentioned earlier, we didn't really give much in the way of specific Outlook tips, but I know it's a program that most lawyers use. So I would recommend the Lawyer's Guide to Outlook 2007 uh, by Ben Shore, which is an ABA publication. 
that I recently went through and I learned a lot. There's a ton of tips in there. So if you don't want to go through a formal training, read Ben's book. And the second one is a calendar program. It's Tungle, T-U-N-G-L-E dot com. And that's how I, what I use for clients and colleagues to schedule appointments with me, even if it's just a phone appointment without a lot of back and forth, instead of playing email tag, I can invite several people to a meeting or they can just look at my calendar, see when I'm available and schedule an appointment. They don't see the details of when I'm busy. They just see what times I'm busy and what times I'm available. Um, So, Tom, what about you? I am a huge Tungle fan. I I love using that and it makes it's it's nice to have. That's one of those set it and forget it things where you can just create it and let everybody else respond to it and you take that whole meeting process out of email. It's it's very helpful. My uh, parting shot today has to do with another tool that I use for productivity and that's Evernote. Evernote is my note taker and, and you know Evernote would call itself a memory keeper and and I use it to keep articles, to make notes. It really is where everything goes that I want to keep track of uh, from a research perspective or just keeping lists, uh, wanting to remember things. And this week, they've uh, launched the Evernote trunk, which is an app store that shows right now anyway, about 100 companies or uh, applications that can help you be more productive with Evernote. There are mobile applications that will send their information directly to Evernote. There are desktop and web tools that will sync and send information directly into Evernote. They list uh, about 10 or uh, so uh, devices, scanners and uh, printers and computers, tablets that will uh, send information directly into Evernote and uh, even some gear and some some, uh, essentials that they've got. It's a great tool. I encourage you to to download Evernote. It's free for the the basic version and that does include the trunk that you can use lots of those products activity tools in conjunction with Evernote. Dennis. And Tom, I'm going to be getting in touch with you for some Evernote training here soon, just to warn you. Uh, my, my parting shot is, is, is David Allen. And David Allen wrote a book called Getting Things Done, a follow-up book called Making All Work. And there are some related websites, davidco.com, gtdtimes.com, which is a blog. Um, and the acronym GTD is well known in the personal pro- productivity and organizational uh, area. To me, everything we do and talk about in personal productivity today involves a response to David Allen and getting things done and and our decision about how it works or doesn't work for us. And it's really affected the landscape. So things like the two-minute rule, next physical action, lots of things that that are commonplace in the way that people talk about organizing and, and taking care of what's going on with their days all relate to back to David Allen. The, the, the thing I take from our podcast today is that personal productivity is a work in progress all the time, and it's something that you have to work diligently at to get better at. And I think David Allen really is the starting point, and getting a copy of Getting Things Done is, is probably, if you haven't done it already, and I know lots of people who have, is probably the best place to start. Tom? 
Excellent tip. I have it on my bookshelf right now. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Our thanks to Allison Shields for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with Allison will be available on our show notes wiki, as well as the links to all the topics we discussed today. You'll find all of that at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Make this podcast part of your personal productivity protocol. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.